welcome to today's Independent Future podcast. I'm really pleased to welcome Zara Binji. And what we're going to be talking about mainly is training to be a teacher. So, Zara, first of all, can you tell our listeners why you decided to train to be a teacher? Um, I think for me, it was always a really easy decision. I think lots of people talk about these very kind of wholesome and long routes into teaching. But actually, for me, it was always the thing I wanted to do. And that is the honest answer. And I think it was very inevitable and just the thing that was always going to happen. You know, I look back at myself when I was in school and you kind of do those careers quizzes. And I remember when I took mine, probably back in year nine, I think four out of the top five results that came out were things like history teacher or languages teacher and things like that. And I think I kind of took a step back and thought, oh, actually, we probably should do something about this. You know, it's it's everyone, it, everything is pointing towards me doing it. And I think I always knew that I loved kind of learning in school myself and being really inspired by my teachers. And I think that was something that always gave me the push to want to do it myself. Um, I mean, even when I left KEHS, my yearbook superlative written at the bottom was most likely to come back as a teacher. And I think for a long time, I was very resistant to it because everyone was saying, oh, Zara, you'll go into teaching. You'll be really good at it. And I think just on principle, I was like, no, no, I won't. And you kind of do force yourself to dabble with other ideas and for a little while I thought maybe I'll look into law maybe I'll look into journalism and actually I think I kind of only did those things to satisfy for myself that I'd looked into other avenues but actually I always knew that teaching was the thing to come back to so actually when I was doing my degree and especially when I was doing my master's last year I realized actually I love classics as a discipline and I love it and it seems a shame to kind of shut the door on that completely and then go into a sector where I can't use it so actually I think being able to teach and use my degree in everyday life and kind of be able to talk about it and, you know, share the things I love with other people is just something that I really always knew that I wanted to do. So I think rather than kind of resisting it, I reached a point where I was like, yeah, you know, it's what I want to do. It's what I've always said I want to do. And it will give me the chance to kind of use my degree in my life in a way that I would love to. So actually, you know, that is just kind of how it happened. And I think it was inevitable, but I, I'm very glad I did it. So no regrets on that front. And the training route that you took, can you tell our listeners about that? Because it's quite complicated. It is. It? There's so many different options. And I don't think I realised until I was applying just how complex it is. So I'm doing a PGC at the moment, which is a postgraduate certificate in education. Um, I'm doing it with King's College London and it's in Latin with classics is the name of the course. So in essence, it's a one year course um, that I started in September and I'm actually just finishing it up now, which is quite exciting. But it's it's kind of like the best of both worlds. So it is university based and you start off the course with around a month of kind of subject sessions where you go in you can talk about things like pedagogy and good teaching practice. And then on the subject side of things, you can look over kind of Latin textbooks, Greek textbooks, classes of ancient history, whatever it might be. Um, and then also have a chance to kind of look at current kind of GCSE, A-level syllabi and kind of how they're structured. So you kind of get a chance to really look at how classics is taught in schools and what it looks like, um, as well as being able to kind of touch upon pedagogy in general, things like behaviour management and whatever else it might be. And then after that, you have two placements. So I'm currently finishing up my second placement and you'll spend about three, four months in each school. It's quite nice as well. I think what was good about it is that in my first placement, you spent four days a week there. So on the fifth day of your week, you'll go back into Kings, you'll have a subject session and even just to touch base with everybody else is quite nice. Um, but to kind of have that constant drip of subject sessions and different skills that you can kind of pick up aside from that and then reflect on what you've seen on placement is quite good but at the moment where I'm at on placement it's five days a week so I think kind of having that gradation and building up to it mm. um it's quite nice so yeah I think that was good 
And why did you decide to do that rather than a, a skit mob model, which is training yeah. the job? A lot of people do that, don't they? They do. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I think went back in the day when I was kind of first looking into it, I think the PGCE was the one that I'd heard the most about. So I think that in the early days was kind of what shaped it. I would say that with classics, there are kind of significantly fewer course providers in the first place than there might be in other subjects, although you can still go down various routes of classics anyway. I think for me, I think the PGCE is less daunting. And I liked the idea of having that mix of kind of university sessions supported by tutors. Yeah. Just kind of having that support and having that kind of build up is quite nice so that you're not feeling overwhelmed from the beginning, because it is a big step and kind of Going into a school as a teacher for the first time is quite daunting because suddenly you're on the other side of things and students are looking up to you as an adult, which in itself is quite weird. But no, I think I think overall the PGC has been really nice in terms of the support you can get and kind of not yeah, feeling yeah. so alienated because you've got everybody else around you that gets it and they're going through the same process. And how does training to be a teacher compare to anything else that you've done being a pupil when you were at school, being a student at university? Um, it's kind of strange I mean I think what is weird this year is that you kind of occupy this really weird sort of liminal space between being a student and then also being a teacher so to the students in your school you very much are the teacher the adult the kind of the grown-up in the situation if you will but then when you're talking to your mentors and other teachers in school you're kind of a tutor like you're they are your tutor they're your they're your support network I am just the student and it's kind of strange that depending on who you're talking to you really can be either one of the two I do think that it's interesting obviously in school kind of being able to have so much more autonomy like I can walk into a classroom and ultimately I can control what happens in that next hour and actually being able to kind of say okay let's look at this thing more and let's look at that it's really quite strange and it's a kind of not a power, but a kind of responsibility, I guess, that I've never really had before. I mean, I will say it is obviously a lot more paired back academically compared to maybe being at university. But then I suppose when you do get to older year groups and maybe my A-level classes, you can have those kind of nice nitty gritty kind of grammar conversations that maybe you don't get with the younger years. But no, it's I think it's strange. And I think that being young as a teacher as well is kind of a really weird advantage and disadvantage because you can kind of relate to what students are talking about and going through because actually... I wasn't in school that long ago myself. So that is quite an interesting kind of way of looking at things. You know, I've come from being a student myself to suddenly being the teacher, but then also I'm aware that I'm new to the game and maybe being young, there are kind of things that maybe I do relate to my students more in some ways than other teachers. So it's kind of, it's weird, it's strange. And I think it's a process that I've been getting used to this year, but on the whole, I think it is also kind of quite nice to see how far I've come in that process and actually I don't feel quite as much like I'm a student now than I did maybe in September. So even that process has kind of continued to evolve and I do feel much more like a teacher in inverted commas, if you will. And have you enjoyed your training year? Yeah, I have. I mean, I won't lie, it is intense at times in terms of the time and expectation that is kind of demanded of you. You know, every time you plan a lesson, you have to give a written plan. You have to submit that a couple of days in advance. And there's a lot of kind of admin that needs sorting. Um, but actually, I think it's it's been really enjoyable. I think for me, it's been really nice kind of on a selfish level to kind of be able to kind of mix with other PGCEers and have other classicists together. You know, classics is a niche thing. There aren't many of us. And, you know, classicists in general are rare, but also people who are so in love with it that they want to spend their lives teaching it is even rarer. So actually to have all these kind of classics teachers together in our PGCE sessions, like, you know, it's a bit of a hot mess, but it works and it's great. And we can have really fascinating conversations about all sorts of things so to have that has been really really nice 
I do think in the classroom though, kind of it, it's been really nice to kind of experiment with things this year. You know, on placement, nobody is expecting perfection. Nobody's expecting me to deliver the perfect lesson. And I think, you know, as I'm saying this, I realize actually there's no such thing as the perfect lesson. People mm-hmm. who've been in the game for 20, 30 mm-hmm. years still won't be teaching perfect lessons. So I think it's been really nice to be able to kind of take advantage of the fact that I have all that support and all that kind of mentoring in place because to have one-to-one feedback and be able to kind of bounce ideas off of another person is really nice because as well as being able to kind of have that trust continue that you can maybe try something a bit fun and try Mm. something unique is great but also I think now at the moment that I'm coming to the end of the process and I'm kind of compiling all the things that I've done and ready to kind of present my findings it's really kind of it's really satisfying to look back on where I was six months ago and say okay maybe my feedback then was indicating that I needed to improve this and actually I can look at myself now and say well I've done that because I tried this new thing or I tried that fun thing and actually seeing how the process has grown and how I've changed in itself is enjoyable just to kind of have that moment of reflection and see how different things are and how much you really can develop in the course of a year. Now what's coming across is your enthusiasm, your passion, your excitement at training. Have there been any challenges? Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. I mean, as much as I do, my overwhelming feeling is that I love it and I have no regrets. I do think that it has been a bumpy ride along the way because I think, you know, when you're dealing with a one-year course in anything, it's it's going to be intense because to learn a whole discipline is, is a tall order. So I think for me, it's been at times kind of quite hard to kind of force myself to be organised. You know, I, I always at university was that person who would just cram the essay the night before and maybe stay awake all night and just drive myself mad with it. So I think kind of being in a position where you have to be organised and kind of deal with your admin has been quite tricky at times. You know, on the school side of things, you have lessons to plan, you have to show up and perform and give those students their lesson. But then maybe on the sidelines with the PGCE side of things, you know, you've got an essay that needs writing or you've got some sort of assignment that needs completing or some sort of checklist to tick off. So it's kind of balancing in school and the out of school, I think, has been sometimes difficult. And for someone like myself, who I don't consider myself the most on paper organised person, kind of forcing myself to have those lesson plans ready is, is a challenge. And it's not just about each individual lesson, because I think at the start, I made the mistake of thinking, okay, well, tomorrow I've got this lesson, let's get through it. And then I'll deal with next week's lesson next week. But actually, where you've got broader schemes of work, those do need planning in advance and you kind of need to have an idea of what you're doing not just now but maybe for weeks to come so I think kind of just getting ahead of the game and kind of making sure that you are on top of things is is really important. I'm going to ask about work-life balance because that comes up so often when Mm. you're talking to anybody involved in teaching at whatever stage of their career what's your view about work-life balance? I think it's one of those things that if you sort yourself out, you can make it work. But then also there have been times where I think I have struggled just because maybe I've been so desperate to kind of make sure that every lesson is perfect, that you kind of forget that you have a life outside of school as well. And I think a lot of people look at teaching and certainly when I was in school, I did the same. But you kind of think that you can just rock up with your Cambridge Latin course in hand. You can read a few sentences and then you'll disappear again. And that's it. But actually, there's so many other things that go into a lesson. You've got to plan it. You've got to, in PGCE terms, you've got to evaluate it afterwards and talk about what went well and what you'd improve and do all that kind of thing. But then also you've got marking, you've got parents evenings, you've got all these additional things as well that maybe you can't control and you have to just fit in. It has been tough. 
Um, and I do think it will get better once I'm kind of in the flow of things a lot more. And then I won't have as much paperwork to do. But I think it it you've got to try and kind of work with it. I think there have been times where maybe I have felt myself a bit frustrated because I can't maybe go and socialize on a weekday because I've got, you know, all these books to mark or I've got a lesson to plan for tomorrow. And those are things that you can't not do. You know, you can't show up to school and say, I have no lesson. I have nothing. You know, you've got you've got to perform. It's got to happen. So I think it's just a case of kind of just just not expecting perfection, I think, is what I've kind of spent my kind of time reflecting upon, because I at the start, I look back on what I would waste my time doing and I would spend maybe two hours in a PowerPoint and you're sat there thinking, do I want a green background? Do I want a blue one? And frankly, the kids don't care. You know, and it's those kinds of things and all that time that you're wasting that is just completely fruitless in terms of how it shapes your actual lesson. So I think learning to be more efficient is something I've done. And I think that as a result, I am starting to kind of claw back that work-life balance that I thought at one time that I had lost. So I would say it's a challenge in teaching. And I think friends who maybe aren't teaching don't necessarily appreciate that that you can't just drop everything on a weekday and go to dinner or go to the pub or whatever it might be and actually there are things that you have to just do at times that you might not want to do it but I think once you kind of get into the swing of things you become more efficient and you kind of know what you're doing and how you work as well I think that it you you will it will get easier and as you come to the end of your training year have you got any golden nuggets of advice for listeners who might be contemplating going into teaching um I mean ultimately I'm biased because I've really enjoyed it I would say go for it if you're thinking of going for it um because I think the process of training has been really rewarding and it has worked out really well for me kind of as we've discussed already though I'd say kind of you do need to be aware aware that it is going to be a bit of a wild ride and there's going to be lots of things going on that you maybe don't think about so you know as I've said it's not just a case of showing up reading a few lines of Virgil and then going home again like you do have to spend time kind of in your craft and actually getting yourself ready for it so even if that's just kind of going away over the summer and spending time reading over your texts again that you've not studied since your undergrad or going over your greek endings like there is a lot of investment up front but once you've kind of nailed it and you your subject knowledge is where it needs to be and you feel that you're confident enough for it then you do start to see the results and i think that the relationships i've been able to build with students and also with colleagues and all of those kinds of things has been so worth it and it's a lot and it is a time intensive thing and it can be quite draining sometimes but actually what you get out of it is is so worth it so maybe I'm biased but I would certainly say do do it it is great fun and what are you most looking forward to next year because you've got a job you I have yes so I'm starting full-time in September um I think just really getting stuck into actually teaching and that sounds like a really basic thing to say but I'm really really excited to kind of you know, go into a school that is mine and have classes that are mine. I think that the one thing that I think I've struggled slightly with with PGCE is that placements are very temporary. And, you know, by their very nature, they they have to be, I suppose. But I think you do find yourself becoming very invested in the school, and which is something I didn't really realise I would do at the start. You know, I thought I'd just show up and you'd do a lesson and that'd be it. But actually, you do, you find yourself really caring whether that's about the school itself or your students' well-being or kind of how they're developing over the course of the placement. So I think it, it is kind of weird that you have that kind of sense of impermanence when you're on placement. And yeah. I think it's strange when you leave because, you know, they'll be fine, my students, when well, I'm sure. But it's just it's that kind of weird feeling of not knowing all the things that they'll go on to do is kind of quite strange. So I think being able to have classes that are completely mine. And a school that is permanently mine will be quite nice because it will give a kind of sense of continuity that I think the PGC just sadly can't afford, you know, just just due to the time limitations. 
And if I were to come back and talk to you in five years' time, what would Zara be telling me then, do you think? Um, I mean, I would hope that Zara is still teaching and doing all of the same things that she's doing now. But I would hope that I'd kind of just developed more and kind of learned more because I think, you know, I this year is not the end of my teacher training. You know, I think people think it's a one year course and that's it. But there's, there's so much still to do and there's so much more that I will want to develop, whether that's in CPD terms or even just in terms of my own personality and my own self. You know, there's still so much more to do. But I think in five years, I'd like to think that I'm still teaching. But I think in five years time, I hopefully will be also a lot more kind of involved with my school and kind of integrating myself into areas outside of classics. And I, I don't know in terms of extracurriculars what shape that might take yet. But I think it'll be fun to kind of find that out about myself because, you know, this is a learning curve for me. And as much as I am the teacher, I'm also very much a learner. But yeah, I mean, I think another thing as well I found out this year is that I'm really kind of interested in the pastoral side of things, right. which is something that I didn't really yeah. realise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always thought kind of before I started training that I'd kind of want to go down the route of maybe head of department and would really enjoy writing schemes of work. But actually now I've seen that in action, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe not. But I think because of the PGCE and kind of being able to spend time looking at things like PSHE and being given assignments in that, I think I've realised that that's something I'm really passionate about. So hopefully in five years time, Zara has also developed that craft and, and can really kind of, you know, widen inclusivity in certain areas of the curriculum where I don't really think it exists yet. It's, it's, it will be, will be interesting to see uh, in mm. time because uh, you know that a lot of teachers decide to leave after five years. Yes, that's why I asked the five year question. And yeah. it's interesting as well that you are interested in the pastoral route. I know when I've done training with newly qualified teachers, some of them are at very early stage, know where they want to be going in their career, whether mm -hmm. it's the pastoral route, whether it's head of department. Some of them will sit there and tell you, you know, they're going to be a head of a school as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from that. And maybe in the future I will be. But also. I think for now, like I love teaching and I'm, I'm conscious that the higher up you get within a school, the more time is taken away from you in terms of teaching hours. So I don't want to kind of do that too soon because I'm conscious that teaching and actually mixing with the students is the thing that I really love. So as much as a cheeky promotion would be very nice, I'm <laughs> conscious that I don't want that to kind of tear away from actually what I do love, which is actually that kind of first hand interaction with students. I would say probably the, the part I enjoyed the most in my teaching career was a little bit being a newly qualified teacher because I, mm. was, I wasn't involved in the politics of schools. No. You know, there's a lot of politics that goes on within within schools and you weren't kind of involved in, in any of that. Best bit for me was probably being a head of department, not being in senior leadership, I have to say. Mm. But being a head of department, I just liked that particular role. You had a peer group and you were in the classroom. Yeah, definitely. You come out of the classroom and then it's talking about managing people a bit more and leading mm. people and and people um are a bit difficult sometimes and so there's all those all those sorts of no um, definitely and I think it's wishful are. thinking to know now where I'm going to be and I think part of the process will be just finding out what actually works for me and as much as I can sit here and say oh I'm really passionate about this thing in practice I might actually change my mind and that's fine so it's kind of nice to have that flexibility now where I can kind of have that level of openness and, and not needing to know for sure now we're coming to the end of the podcast and I always have a question for my guests to uh, just get them to think and reflect on things that may have happened in the past and your question Zara is sure. when you were at school yourself when you were a, a student were there any teachers 
who um, inspired you, and you can name them. I don't mind being named. No, no, no. So were there any teachers who inspired you when you were at school and why? Oh, do you know, I mean, I look back and I think I I realised that I was hugely lucky in school to have the teachers I did. And may, maybe that comes from the fact that the year groups were so small and they had the time to kind of work with me on a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm conscious I don't want to start naming names because I think that if I start naming one, there's always another one that I'll add. And then I'll just name the entire staff list, which is not really what we want to do. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously for me, the classics department, I think they were... They, I mean, they have brought me to where I am now and I'm now teaching classics. So I'm obviously hugely grateful to all of them, you know, for all of the time and attention they put into me. And, you know, I do still think of them and it hasn't gone unnoticed. Like I am hugely grateful. Um, But even outside of classics, I think, you know, French, that was something I loved. History was something I loved and all of the teachers I had for that were great. And before I realised classics was a thing, I always said I was going to do history and French because those are the subjects I loved. And I think for me, classics was more just an avenue that allowed me to study history and languages in tandem. So, you know, I'm grateful to those teachers. Um, I do think as well, though, there's something to be said for teachers of subjects that maybe I didn't have an inherent interest in, because if they could make it fun and engaging, you know, teachers that I have for physics or for maths and things that on paper I didn't really enjoy, I still love those lessons and I'd show up and I'd have a great time. So for them to be able to keep me engaged for that hour is perhaps even more, you know, something there's more to be said for that than than someone who was taking me for a subject I loved. So I think, you know, we I I'm conscious that I obviously had a lovely experience of school and it was one of the best times of my life. So, you know, I think so many teachers inspired me and I'm conscious that I don't want to name names because I will just name everyone. But no, I I do think that KHS had a great thing going for it. And that's not just me being biased. I do think that I was incredibly lucky and I, I, you know, wish I could just go back for a day and, and kind of say hi to everyone and just, you know, be that 16 year old again, just kind of bobbing around the department and having those lessons. But, you know, fortunately we can't. Zara, can I say brilliant answer, politician's answer. Politician's answer, I know, I am aware, but it is true. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today's Independent Teacher podcast. It's been great catching up with you yeah i've loved chatting to you it's gone really quickly brilliant you've been listening to the independent teacher podcast if you like listening to this podcast please consider giving us a five-star rating either on spotify or apple podcasts